Welcome to the Lost Tapes of History podcast. You're about to eavesdrop on the first 10 minutes of a private conversation between a Tudor personality and, frankly, someone just trying to do their job. The date is March 1603 and Queen Elizabeth is dying. Raleigh knows that he needs to schmooze the incoming monarch King James I, so he hires some help to turn his image around. Hello, you must be Walter. Uh, Sir Walter, if you please. Sorry, quite right. If you've worked hard for it, you should acknowledge it. Well, I don't know about that. Can I sit? I don't know. Can you? May I sit? Oh, please. So, uh, you're the spin doctor, are you? That's right. I must say, I've never heard of such a thing. But your services were highly recommended. Oh, really? By everyone in government. Yes, that sounds about right. You're going to make me sound good with James Stewart, are you? Well, I'm going to try. You're supporting him as the next monarch, then. Oh, of course. Only he's heard you favoured Arbella Stewart instead. Ah, uh, uh, but, but that's not true at all. So what I'd suggest we do is go through your life history and then I'll be able to suggest a better way of describing the negative bits. I see. Make them sound a bit more... Positive? Exactly. That's spin. Where shall I start? What kind of family were you born into? Oh, big one. I was the product of my father's third marriage and my mother's second marriage. I have many brothers, half-brothers and step-brothers. That's an expensive Christmas. But it did teach me how to fight. So, how did your career start? In Ireland, as a soldier. I was Captain Rally then. Did you enjoy it? Hated it. Every minute of it. But I knew how to get things done. How to cover people's backs. Did it for 13 years. So that's what I'd describe as an experienced military career. Oh, really? It was my writing about my time there that alerted Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth to my presence. It was then that I moved to London. Did she give you a position? I was appointed Extraordinary Esquire of the Body. Whose body? Her body. I was there to give personal attendance to her. I'd call that a cross between a PA and a bodyguard. As you wish. What we need is a good story to go with that. Like what? Well, perhaps something like, um, Elizabeth was walking one day and came across a puddle. Right. And rather than get her feet muddy, you spread your new cloak on the puddle so that she could walk on it. That doesn't sound like something I'd do. Especially to a new cloak. I'd rather give her a piggyback. Trust me, it's a good story. Um, Now, when were you knighted? 1585. With that came my appointment as steward of the Duchy of Cornwall and Lord Warden of the Stannaries. Mm, I'd gloss over that if I were you. No one knows what it means. She gave me Durham House on the Strand. A magnificent abode. I changed the decoration in the house for different seasons or occasions. You need to be careful bragging about wealth, especially with James. He's got no understanding of how much things cost, apparently. What if I talk about my intellectual gatherings? Your what? 
Writers, scientists and thinkers are all encouraged to visit Durham House. Excellent. I care little for lineage. Good stimulating conversation is more important. Yes, that's better. Is, is that the only property? I also have Sherborne Castle in Dorset. Big, is it? On passing it for the first time, I got so excited I fell off my horse. That's a yes. And Sherborne Lodge is one of the earliest English houses to use plaster on exterior walls. Congratulations. Moving on, let's talk about your expeditions. Elizabeth granted me the patent to discover unknown lands and to take possession in her name. What for? This would be the first step towards a new colony in Virginia. So you went there? Uh, No. I sponsored a reconnaissance expedition to Roanoke Island off the coast of North Carolina. Okay. I employed someone to learn the local Algonquin dialect and someone else to provide portraits of the indigenous peoples. Why? My drive was towards education and employment of these people, not enslavement or genocide. Well, that's admirable. I'd big that up if I were you. But the uh, the colonists didn't survive. Ah. I never gave up on them, though. I sent expeditions to look for them. They were the first to live in the city of Raleigh in Virginia. You named it after yourself, then? Of course. As it wasn't a success, I wouldn't bring it up. Fair enough. What about the Spanish Armada? What about it? Well, what did you do in it? Defended Cornwall. All of it? Oh, that's what I said. I said Cornwall is too long and too thin. It just can't be done. So, were you mentioned at all in the write-up of the Spanish Armada? Uh, no. I'm not great on ships. I, I find it hard to sleep. Sleep? Yeah. Although I, I'm a big fan of hammocks. Hammocks? In my opinion, there is nothing more necessary for soldiers. I see. They are light to carry, and easy to lodge in, and will keep you from the cold, wet ground. And they are bought for the value of a two-penny knife, or less. <laughs> you sound like an advert. Raleigh's Hammock Emporium. Now that's an idea. You're an unlikely naval hero, aren't you? I'll have you know that on the journey to Cadiz I was severely injured. Were you? I had a blow to my leg and it was filled with splinters which I had to pull out daily. Sounds fun. And yet I scrambled ashore with the best of them. Hero of the hour, eh? Did you manage to achieve your military goal? Capture of the Spanish merchant fleet? No. There's a surprise. But I was the only lieutenant appointed by Elizabeth that wasn't neither a peer nor a counsellor. That's quite an achievement. Is it? And as captain of the guard, I am admitted to the privy chamber. Only a handful of privileged people can get access. You're in her pocket then. Which is why I got another commission. Which was? She sanctioned an expedition for the Azores. What for? The goal was to intercept and destroy the Spanish West Indian treasure fleet. How long did you last? Eight days. What happened? Bad weather. Lost masts, lost sails, lost everything. Still not sleeping. Right, why doesn't that surprise me? Have you ever read my story, The Last Fight of the Revenge? No. What's it about? Although I think I can guess from the title. A ship that I was supposed to sail in had been taken by the Spanish. It was the only English vessel lost during the many years of war. Bad luck. I tell the story of the lone English captain's brave stand against a vast Spanish fleet. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. The ship was lost, yes. The captain was killed, but the glory was all England's. And the Queen's, of course. 
So you make believe defeat is victory, that surrender is a virtue? It wasn't a surrender. It was a tactical withdrawal. Sounds like you've got the hang of spin all by yourself. Can we talk about your prison record? You make it sound worse than it is. How did you meet your wife, Bess? She was a gentlewoman of the bedchamber. She got pregnant. Ah, romance. Oh yes, it was very romantic. Married in secret, christened the baby, lived together for 24 hours and then we were arrested and imprisoned in the tower. When you put it that way... I did start writing poetry in there. That was quite romantic. So how did you get out? I paid Lord Burley £80,000. For the both of you? No. Bess didn't have the 80k and wasn't prepared to deny the relationship, so she stayed in the tower. But what about your baby? He died at six months old, so that wasn't a problem. Oh, I'm so sorry. Eventually she was allowed to leave and went to Sherbourne. I stayed at Durham House in London. So your marriage ended, effectively? Oh no, we had another child, what? But I did take steps to actively exclude Bess from my financial dealings. Charming. I'd avoid talking about your marriage then. You don't come off well. Then I was nominated to be a Knight of the Garter. Oh, well congratulations. Oh, it didn't happen. Only one person put me forward, so... Not Mr Popular then? It appears not. I hunger for a land I will call Raliana. That might be why. We tried to find El Dorado as well. Returned with nothing. And what was it this time? We didn't take enough men and we didn't take the right equipment to break open the ground. Hmm? Also, I hate mosquitoes. They drive me crazy. They drive everyone crazy. But I did complete my most iconic work. Which was? The discovery of the large, rich and beautiful empire of Guyana by Sir Walter Raleigh. Knight, Captain of Her Majesty's Guard, Lord Warden of the Stanneries and Her Highnesses, Lieutenant General of the County of Cornwall. Just in case anyone thought, but which Sir Walter Raleigh are we talking about? Three editions were printed in one year. It was that popular. Did you have an editor? Yes. He suggested that I change the manuscript for public consumption, to make the English look good, as it were. Like what? I removed the bit where, to ensure loyalty, we took the Indian guide's wife hostage. Wise? I sanitised our behaviour, so we offer the Indians bread, not wine. Probably not as effective, though. And I don't mention the Spanish saying that all the English want to do is sell the Indian children in England. Ah. Or that the indigenous leaders actually support the Spanish over us. I like your editor. He did, however, suggest that I change the word no to the word think. I ignored him. Oh dear. I also kept quiet about the botched raid on Kumana. I focused on the threat of diseases rather than Indian arrows and Spanish muskets. Your letters home must have been interesting, if not to say fiction. I would write on the envelope little messages so that they would get home quicker. Like what? The first would say, haste for thy life, post haste for thy life. Uh Uh-huh. The second would say, post haste, haste for thy life. Right. Then I'd put, haste, haste, haste for thy life, post haste. And then I'd draw a little picture of some gallows to show how serious I was. I bet the post office loves you. If I could get them to post me some pineapples, I would. I love pineapples. Remind me to introduce you to a pina colada sometime. So, how am I going to get James on my side? Impress him? 
Well, I think he'll like your practical, pragmatic nature, the fact that you're full of curiosity and wonder as well as scepticism. He likes straight talking. Excellent. What else? Well, I think you're very persuasive and can charm the hind legs off a donkey if required. I mean, I'll give it a go. You're physically attractive and tall, which he'll like, and you wear nice clothes, although I'm not sure about the huge pearl earring dangling from one ear. This all sounds very good. I want him to think of me as a man of action, a naval and military leader, an explorer, a coloniser. Even though you never actually set foot in North America? Correct. And it was John Hawkins that actually introduced tobacco to England, although I will concede that you helped to make it popular. True. And potatoes were already grown in this country when you were a teenager. Uh, yes. I think you'll be lucky if he doesn't just throw you in prison for barefaced lying. I have no fear of prison. I shall write another masterpiece, The History of the World. That sounds short. Better wish for a life sentence, hmm? Next time, well, you'll have to find someone else, because I've had enough. I'm having a holiday. Call me. The Lost Text of History podcast is a Synth79 production. If you've enjoyed it, please leave us a review and subscribe to get more episodes. To fact check what you've heard on this person, visit our website, losttapesofhistory.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at Synth79P and use the hashtag Lost Tapes of History. 